All right, welcome into episode 15 of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Uh, today's guest joining us uh, via FaceTime is one of the greatest people I've certainly ever had the pleasure of getting to know and to meet. And uh, it's been so exciting to watch her journey since our paths have crossed is the great, uh, wonderful, talented Miss Alexis Cuban. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are we going to get to say how we actually met? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it for sure. Uh, so how is uh, I mean, for everybody listening? Um, yeah, we could. Let's just get into it. Give us a quick background on you. Tell everybody who you are. Oh, man. OK, so I am, like I said, Alexis Cubitt, born and raised Californian, Baylor University educated sports writer, been traveling all over the place and now covering University of Louisville for the Louisville Courier Journal. Incredible. Incredible. So now we get a backtrack a little bit. Uh, Alexis uh, came to the great town of Fairmont, Minnesota in what, 2014, 2015? 15. Yeah, 2015. So I think it was the first year I became head coach as well. I think we kind of started that together, right? Yeah. So was it Lee? Yeah. Coach first, yep, and then my second year, you um, started coaching. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, take it. Um, so that's how we met. Alexis was in the great city of Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, I would love to hear how you ended up in Fairmont because, as you touched on, you grew up in California and then you moved to, or then you went to school at Baylor, uh, Bear mm-hmm. Down. Uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, give us a little glimpse into that life of how you ended up in Fairmont. Yeah, so I went to school for to actually become a doctor, but ended up switching to journalism, um, so that's fun. Then I moved back home because I had bills to pay and I needed a job, um, and got a job kind of doing some general assignment reporting for a newspaper out in kind of the Yucca Valley, Palm Springs-ish area. And uh, that was cool, but obviously I wanted to get into sports. Um, I also wanted to make more money, so it's actually funny. I don't know if I've ever told you this story before. I don't think so. But... Um, yeah, so I was actually on an interview um, to work at like a, a law newspaper kind of deal, um, and it was paying really good money, but I just was not feeling it, and I don't know that I'm really built to prioritize like money over my happiness. Right. Um, so I get out of the interview, and I see I got a message from someone uh, named Charlie Sorrells. And <laughs> Shout out to Goat. Yeah, my gosh. Um, and I'm like, okay, it's, you know, for a sports writer job. So I give him a call back to the Fairmont Sentinel and, uh, we talk for almost an hour, which as you know, is actually a pretty short time to talk. Yeah, to <laughs> so I mean, he offers me the job right there. He's like, if you want it, you know, it's yours. It's like, all right. So, you know, I talk to my parents about it. I pray about it. My dad's from Kansas city. So he's like, it's cold up there. I'm like, I'm California. What's cold, you know? Yeah. So anyway, we pack up my stuff. Me and my mom, the day after my 22nd birthday, pack up my stuff. We take a road trip. We actually ended up getting lost in uh, Sioux Falls, I think it was. Yeah. We took, so like the exit, it doesn't look like an exit and it was at night. So it just kind of looked like a dead end. So mm-hmm. we didn't go down there. So we literally were just like cornered in a circle. It was like by like the Hard Rock Cafe. And I think, 
what's the what's the diner there that that one? Uh, there's I think there's a big Marlins diner out by the truck stop. Okay, no, it's the there's one in Fairmont, the one that like, oh Perkins. Yeah, Perkins. Yeah. So there's a Perkins. So we started getting frustrated, like literally, man. We were going like in a circle for like two hours. So we stop at the Perkins, get something to eat, ask for directions. We find our way. Anyway, get into Fairmont, Windy AF, um, which obviously is <laughs> it's Fairmont. Yeah. So, yeah, next morning I move into my place. Um, Leland Lycanum was actually my first landlord um, right across from the paper. And, yeah, started my job. First first thing I covered was uh, boys tennis. Eric Johnson. Shout out Eric Johnson. Yeah. Next one was uh, the Jags. Let's go. Jags baseball. Yeah. Jags baseball. So, yeah, after that, just kind of rolled along. I don't know if I – did I see you that first football season? Uh, yeah, so I th- I think so. And I think, like, we might have actually, like, you have maybe have, like, interviewed me a little bit, like – because okay. I remember, like, John Jabot, like, then there was radio guys, because I always knew them, so they would oh, always yeah. grab me, and then, like, you would be there and just, like, ask me a couple of things, but, yeah, yeah. I, I remember you faintly, but then, like, our first real interaction was, I think, like, when you guys do, like, the fall preview, right, and then... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then you came to practice and interviewed me that day, and, yeah, that was, yeah, there's been a lot of miles in between there, and we've gone different ways, but uh, a lot of laughs, I mean... Um, You'll have to send it over, but one of my favorite uh, stories that involves Alexis and I is when she was working at the Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was late. I mean, I feel it was like, I mean, late, late, like midnight late, right? Uh, not quite because they were coming out of um, El Agave. Yeah. And she's finished, I'm assuming, finishing up uh, a, a segment or, you know, something for the paper. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get a, a Snapchat and it was that. And I can't describe what that is. I could post it to my story because every year it comes up in her memory. She tags me in it because it's yeah. a great laugh that we share. But she's just sitting in there and somebody is just screaming at someone else and it's comical it was it was so great you did the wrong thing (laughs) show some emotion (laughs) i was just minding my own business i was i was watching i can say it now because i'm gone i was watching like real housewives in like um gary's office because that's what we did like yeah he was there um and they just they're literally like this is not a thin window either so, like, they're literally, like, screaming at one another. She's telling her daughter to put her blank pride aside. And, and the daughter's like, I can't feel what I don't have. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, as the world turns, like, general hospital moment that's happening outside of this window. And honestly, like, I don't even know if I got the best parts. I just started, like, recording because I'm like, somebody needs to witness this. But, yes, I, I'll have to f- – it's in my phone. It's definitely in my phone. So I'll definitely have to send it so you can post it. It was just it, – it was just so funny. Like, because it, it, it came out of nowhere. Like, you were just doing your stuff, like you said. And uh, it's just a comical video. And I think people will probably look at it and be like, what the hell? But you also have to understand, like, after 9 o'clock, the town rolls up. And especially where the Sentinel is, right. downtown Fairmont is dead. And so for Alexis to have this, not even an interaction, to hear this interaction is hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's, could go back to my ghost, uh, my ghost hunter interview because that's, I mean, that's what I would have thought. I mean, I would have had no idea where that was coming from, but it's hilarious. 
So, uh, back to you getting into Fairmont. Uh, obviously, the day you moved in, that was your first time ever in Fairmont. First time in Minnesota, right? Yep. Yep. So, that was kind of moved sight unseen. Um, Charlie actually helped me out with some some uh, places to look at and got there to that one, you know. And so, yeah, one of the first people I met, obviously, Leland, like I said, the Eisens, because I went and bought furniture. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a very different experience. For sure. I could not imagine, like, the most respectable way possible to my hometown, not imagine moving to their site unseen. Uh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't. Tell me about some of those first interactions, your first thoughts uh, of Fairmont. So I guess, okay, so I need to preface it by saying that, um, I I lived in what I thought was a small town, um, and it was about 150,000 people. <laughs> so when I see, like, I look up Fairmont, because obviously I'm going to do my research. I'm still going, but I'm going to do my research. Right. And it's like, you know, 10,000, 11,000 people. So I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Um, I, I'm not, I'm a writer for a reason, because numbers are, like, not my thing. And I didn't really understand how few people that actually is. Yeah. And the fact that, like, that was the biggest city within, like, a, what, 60-mile radius to Mankato. For sure. Um, and then, like, I mean, where you were coaching the Jags, like, I mean, Truman was, like, tiny. Yeah, 1,000 people. Mean, Grenada yeah. 600. <laughs> like, when you get into, like, Trimont and Sherburn and, like, freaking East Chain, that's, yeah. what, five people? If that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no disrespect, but I mean, these are very small communities. So it took a little getting used to um, just because I'm like, OK, I, I can't get my eyebrows done. Like I have to drive, you know, an hour to go, you know, to Alta or like Sephora. Right. It, it was it was very different. Um, but honestly, though, like it was kind of a culture coma, but I appreciated my time there because there was so much that, you know, I'm, I'm a Southern Californian suburban girl like. Yeah. I don't know about farming and agriculture. I mean, like, the food shows up at the store. The most, like, agriculture thing I do is, like, get organic, like, beets or something. I don't know. Right. So it's just, it was, it was, I enjoyed learning about, like, that kind of lifestyle. Like, obviously, Leanna Becker worked, well, now Mahoney, yeah. worked at the paper as a photographer. Um, and I learned a lot from her and her family because they were big pig farmers. Yeah. Which I didn't know was a thing. Um <laughs> And then I think uh, one of your players, Derek Schoen, I think his parents yep. were like dairy farmers or something like that. Yeah. And then like the Walters were like farm type yep. something. So, yeah, it was very, very interesting to just kind of see a different like world and a different perspective. And I think it really like it definitely enriched me as a person, I feel like. And I'm, you know, appreciative of my time there for sure. For sure. And I mean, yeah, it was we had obviously great interactions. I, I knew from the beginning of your write-ups on us, like you weren't going to be there long. Like uh, you were definitely too good. I know you don't like that, but you were too good to be there. And uh, you, know, you did a lot of good things. I appreciate you for all the good words you had to say about us. Um, let you quote Tupac once. That was pretty cool. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that, I think that's when like our friendship was really established. I think so. We just didn't say it then, but you had, you guys had just beaten Medelia, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, because I think Derek had broke the record. Yep. The single game rushing record. And you said something about, like, it's us against the world. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. 
That's against the world. <laughs> that was great. I mean, and it's it's even funnier now to look back at the people who were reading the Fairmont Sentinel had no idea what that <laughs> meant. Like, as you put in there, uh, you know, to quote Tupac, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, that was uh, I would I would agree with that because I remember. You texted me after that and was like, hey, thanks so much for letting me quote Tupac for this story. Um, yeah. So, no, I would Literally, agree. One of my coworkers, like, she went up to me. She's like, you know, that was a good thing. article you did. I'm sure a lot of people had to go on Google right after that. So, like, I, I now wish I would have had, like, Google Trends to see how much, like, Tupac kind of, like, rose up in the Google searches. In Martin <laughs> County? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, they a lot. Uh, just a lot for sure. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so after your time, uh, with us in, in Southern Minnesota, you moved to Texas, correct? Mm-hmm. To yep. Lubbock? Um, Plain first and then okay, Lubbock, yeah. yeah. And, uh, just tell us a little bit about you. Cause one of the things that I truly do appreciate about you and I've, uh, you know, love to follow your success from afar or success from afar is, uh, your, your ability to just take a chance. Uh, you just go and you just do it and it's paid off in the biggest ways. And there's no doubt that there's bigger things coming for you, but, uh, yeah, just tell us about, I guess, moving from, you know, the middle of nowhere, Minnesota to, I mean, essentially the middle of nowhere, Texas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't say that. They'll like, they're going to come after you. Oh, now. probably. Are, have you seen the, the TCU recruiting? We can talk offline about that, but apparently okay. like short, short story, like TCU recruiting coordinator made a comment about Lubbock being in the desert. So now everybody's posting like cactus and it's a whole thing within West Texas. So okay. that's, that's kind of, you know, well, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I left, um, no, um, <laughs> so basically, um, kind of a similar situation, you know, I, like you said, Tom was kind of winding up, winding up for me, you know, being there, I feel like I got enough experience to kind of move on to the next step. Um, and I mean, quite honestly, like I love Charlie, but the paper just got stagnant. For sure. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of room for me to grow. So I needed to find something else. So. Ended up finding the job at the uh, Plainview Herald. I don't, and it's actually funny because the man who hired me actually um, passed away like two days after I met him. Oh wow! And yeah, because what happened was he gave me my my apartment complex that I chose wasn't open on Saturdays, and we were driving, um, and we literally like I finished my shift, said goodbye to Charlie and me, my parents. After you had helped us move, yeah. That night, um, we drove out, got into um, Plainview, like, 11 o'clock the next day. Um, the news editor gives me the keys. You know, we say, you know, looking forward to working with you, whatever, whatever. Um, he goes off. We start kind of unloading, but, you know, we're hungry because it's 11 o'clock. We haven't eaten. So next thing I know, I get a call from who I thought was the editor. It's his wife. Um, and kind of making it quick. He had had an aneurysm like two minutes after he dropped off my keys, crashed into a duck pond. Um, and like two day, two or three days later, um, he passed. So we were actually the last people he saw alive, which if it was like one of your loved ones, you're like, okay, that makes me feel good. Yeah. But like as someone that I had literally just met and had maybe like four phone conversations with, like it was a little creepy. Um, but I mean, that was kind of my intro to Plainview. Um, but I had a good time there. Ended up getting the job up the the freeway in Lubbock. 
um, covering high schools there. Um, I love my time there so much. Like Texas high school football is essentially covering small colleges. For sure. Just because when you look at like the stadiums, you know, I mean, we would have like catered meals every Thursday and have like press conferences, you know, just to give you an idea of like just how seriously they take it. Um, we didn't have a ton of like, you know, four star athletes. We had maybe three, five stars my whole time there. But like it meant something, you know. Right. So even though they may not have been going off to like the Baylor's or, you know, the the um, the the Texas's or whatever, I'm not giving credit to the, the Fort Worth school, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but they were still going places. You know, it might have been like a Waylon up the street or like a, um, a Mary Hart and Baylor or something like that. Um, but they were just so passionate about football um, and girls basketball. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Girls basketball is no joke up there. I believe like, they it. get after it. I that was so much fun getting to cover girls basketball, partially because, you know, I do love basketball. That's why yeah. I got into um, sports. But I mean, those are some really talented um, young women up there. So ended up doing that. I covered Texas Tech women's basketball a little bit um, and then ended up with the help of my mentor, Candace Buckner, getting the Clemson job with the state newspaper. Um, so I moved out there for that. Got some good experience, got um, seen by um, the woman who hired me here at the Courier Journal. Um, she actually is no longer with us. She's so funny because when she offered me the job, she told me she got an offer. And so she got an offer to be um, an NBA editor with ESPN. And so wow. um, it was bittersweet because I'd never had a female editor before. So I was really hoping you know, to have that. But also um, it's cool because it shows me what I can achieve if I do a good job at this paper. For sure. Um, so obviously like she saw me, you know, in South Carolina, she sees me here, you know, do a good job. And, you know, obviously ESPN's eyes are on here and not saying that I want to necessarily go to ESPN. Cause I mean, I'll go, you know, to the next big market, whoever is paying and offers a good opportunity with a lot of growth potential. That's where I'll go. Um, but yeah, I've been here for, it'll be two months tomorrow actually. And um, I don't regret this move at all. I love it. Um, the paper is amazing. Like they've won Pulitzers. Um, so yeah, it's a just living life, man. Living yeah. the dream. No, I I love it. But there is a little bit that we skipped over that I'm gonna pull you back to. You you did something pretty cool when you were in Texas, uh, 2019. You want? I mean, you want to share with everybody what you you won your award. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I won my very first like journalism award. Um, I got first place in sports feature writing um, for the Texas Associated Press of Ma Press Managing Editors. Um, it was a story on a boy who had cancer when he was like uh, 14, 15 years old. Um, and, you know, you hate to write the stories because it happened and you wouldn't wish, you know, anybody, let alone a child would have cancer. Um, but it was rewarding for me just, you know, going to his home, talking to his family, um, wrote that one. And then the next year I actually won first and third place in feature writing. Um, the first place story was the first story that's ever really made me cry while I was writing it. Um, and it was about a, um, boys basketball coach and his wife who struggled with fertility and ended up losing not one, but two babies. Um, one of them was a twin and then the other one was a single baby um, when they first got married. 
Um, and yeah, I can't remember what the third place story was, but yeah, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. My mom tells me I don't do a good job of like crediting myself. So thank you, Ben. No, you don't. And that's okay. You're a humble person. That's what I appreciate about you. You're not, you're not a braggy person and that's, that's good. I think that's why people like you, but it's important to know. I mean, I think if you look at, uh, Texas sports writing in general, I mean, there's, there has to be some really good writers out there, you know, and I think it yeah. just goes to show your talent. So I think it's very important to, you know, to, to bump you up a little bit here. I mean, you're, you're out here killing it. So yeah, absolutely. What's crazy was like, I think that year, that first year, um, the guy who got second place was someone who, um, judged my portfolio when I was in college um, cause we had to do like a PR type thing, um, where we had a project and he was one of the judges. So it was kind of this weird, like surreal for full circle moment where I'm like, Oh snap. Like, um, he's really my peer now, you right. know? And like, I got first place and he got second place. I'm just like, all right, I, I don't know what to do with myself. now. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's always interesting when those, like, I guess some people say like idols become rivals, you know, those moments where you do kind of build and, and grow in your career and the people that you look up to are now like looking you eye to eye and it's like, Oh yeah. All right. We're doing this. Absolutely. <laughs> now I, I mean, I, I, I know what the, I know that that could be an, an incredible feeling. And, uh, I think one thing that I wanted to like, I guess really pull out of you is like you did so much high school sports, right. And then you went, got into Lubbock and then you started covering, Texas Tech girls basketball, and then you did do some uh, some football too, right? While you were at Tech, yeah, yeah. Shout out Cliff, yeah. right? You want me to holler at him? He's still close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, why did I not? I just made that connection. Yeah, no, he's just down the road. The reason PV, we're not. I'm not Legit. far from him. Yeah. Legit. This is something we've discussed too so many times. Oh okay, so clearly, I need to come visit. I, I mean, I was going to anyway. Yeah, but like. Now for sure, December December game December game yeah Hello. for sure yeah Deal. Tyler yeah sounds good. I'm sure there's a Louisville connection there somewhere. There's got to be somebody that you can write a story on to make Heck it work. Yeah. I'll just I'll just let Gannett foot the bill. There you go, there you <laughs> go. I love it. Now, um, so when you you're in Lubbock and then you get that call to go to Clemson and now you're like full time and it's not just like another college. I mean it's it's Clemson and you were there. Yeah. Was there any, um, like any doubt moments there for you at all? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, the thing is I've always wanted to cover NBA and I knew that the conventional next step was college. Um, but I was thinking more like, you know, middle of the road kind of programs, not like a, you know, program that's contending for national championships every year. Um, and honestly, so here's a funny thing, and I've, I've never really said this super publicly, but I applied for the South Carolina job that my coworker got. Really? And I was just kind of like, whatever about it. Because, um, I mean, again, I'm a Californian. You're talking about, like, the Deep South. Um, yeah. So I was, <laughs> was kind of like, <laughs> um, and that one obviously ended up going to an extremely great candidate. Like, he's awesome. Um, and then the Clemson position opened up. So I was just like, I mean, let's go for it. Like YOLO, you know? Yeah. And uh, we went through the interview process. Um, I definitely brought up, you know, my concerns about moving to South Carolina because it was right after, you know, the the summer of 2020 where there was a lot of like, you know, racial tension, social injustice, that kind of thing. And so 
Um, I actually ended up talking to someone who was actually a really good friend of mine about it. And we talked for like 45 minutes. She kind of filled me in about some things. Um, and I was like, yes, let's do it. So we were manifesting um, this job for me. And so I was actually covering a track meet um, at Lubbock that Lubbock was having. Um, and a, a Columbia number calls me. And again, I'm just kind of like, who is this number? Yeah. You know, and uh, he leaves a message. It's my what would be my now editor um, and says, you know, I just wanted to kind of check in with you. Da, da, da. So the photographer, shout out Justin. Justin Rex works in Houston, does great work. Um, he, you know, I was like, yo, like Justin, like I just got this call. So I said, I think they're going to offer. So he goes, well, what if they don't? You know, playing devil's advocate. Yeah. And I was like, but what if they do, though? And so he's like, all right. So I call back, you know. They offered me the job and I'm just kind of like playing it cool. Just like, okay, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, You know, how soon do you know? I definitely want to talk to my family about it and kind of, you know, just see, just check on things a little bit. He's like, yep, just let me know. Like a couple days. It's like, all right. I get off the phone. I was like, Justin, like WTF, bro. They just offered me this job. So he is the very first person that knew um, about it. And uh, I mean, I I wasn't going to say no. Like it was more money. Right. Clemson, you know, I get into a, a bigger city. Um, so I ended up taking that position. Um, and I, we laugh and say that I kind of jinxed Clemson because, you know, they had just been to the college football playoffs. And, you know, this past year they go 10 and 3. And yeah. every almost every streak that they have ends except for their home winning streak <laughs> and their 10 or double digit win season streaks. But they didn't go to the college football playoffs and they didn't win an ACC championship. Um but they were they were cool about it. There was a lot that happened though. They had a ridiculous amount of injuries. Um, not honestly, not a whole lot of like, you know, veteran leadership and that kind of thing. So there were a lot of things that that factored into that. Um, but I enjoyed my time there. Um, everybody always asks like, "What's Dabo like?" And I'm like, I mean, I never had a problem with him. Right. You know, he was always uh, he was always nice to me. So I mean, as long as as long as I can do my job, I really don't care. <laughs> You know, right. I think it, it's funny because when I had MSB Wax, the guys that opened like the football uh, basketball cards up, uh, I had them on. And I don't want to name drop for them, but they are they have some really high profile people that they're around now. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's just a person. But I think from like yeah. the outside looking in is like people are like, oh, my gosh, like it's Dabo. Right. Especially at a place like Clemson or, Col- yeah. I mean, anywhere, but college football is king right now. So everybody knows who Dabo Sweeney is, so I can understand right. that. But it's probably pretty wild for you to, I mean, I think people probably look at you like that now, you know, like, to be honest. Uh-huh. I, no, but, I mean, I, it's not on your Clemson story, but uh, you j- you just had a live reaction make make the Twitterverse pretty good. That was... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Oh my gosh i think i actually just got tagged in something about that yeah someone else did another it was classic dude oh my gosh that was so funny so to preface a little bit oh alexis just coming off acc media days and uh i think the guy i mean you probably remember the question verbatim but so go ahead sort of um so that was a funny thing is i was i've been told i'm very demonstrative and i am like, I, I don't say a lot. You know, I don't really talk a ton if I don't really know you. But my face says everything. So, For sure. Um, the ACC commissioner, bless his heart, is just, you know, wanting to 
wanting college athletics in its purest form and wanting, you know, it to be about the, the tradition and the, the love of the game. And it's like, you know, the Big Ten and SEC are, are just kind of like laughing all the way to the bank about it. So he's, you know, just put it like saying all this really, really good stuff. So um, this guy, he gets up and says, like, you know, um, while you're what do you say? Like your old fashioned mentality is really honorable, like, you know, things are changing. So what are you going to do to avoid getting financially lapped by the Big Ten and the SEC? And so I was like. Like, That's the exact face you make, <laughs> and I will definitely be reposting it after the episode comes out because <laughs> it was hilarious. But carry on. Yeah. So I, I do this, and I, again, I'm not thinking about it because I'm just like, well, dang. Um. So I, I'm just like I said, you know, it's because kickoff media days is insane. You try to get as much audio as you can because you know we have about two weeks in between when we have our media day at actual Louisville. Um, so that would be the next time that we actually get to talk to people. So you want to get as much as you can. So I'm running around trying to get interviews, um, you know, make my deadlines. And um, next thing I know, I get a notification on my phone and says like, is that our Alexis Cubit with like my, my, my handle? So in my head, I'm thinking, oh shoot, like some news just broke and someone's tagging me in it because it's like, oh, get on it. Like, you know, right. you just started, mm-hmm. but we need this news. So when I actually go to what he tagged me in, I was like, "Why?" Well, I, I didn't really recognize myself. I was just like, oh, okay. Wait a minute. And then I saw my face and I was just like, oh, oh, that's me. Yeah. I, I did that. So I just kind of like quote tweeted and was like, oh, you know, I need to, I, I, I need to learn how to control my face. And like, I didn't know the camera was on me because I always thought when they ask the questions, the camera pans like right here. Well, it's it's a wider frame. Right. So, I mean, it takes off from there. Um, like, people were responding and laughing. And some people, I think, thought that, like, I thought the guy said something wrong. And I didn't think there's anything wrong with the question. I was just a little taken back by how, like, blunt he was about it. Right. It's an because, aggressive question right now. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, like, it was like, he was just like, all right, Jim, like, be real. Be real with yourself. Like, this is not, like... You're, you're behind. Right. And so I was kind of like, whoa. So, yeah, everybody was, like, tagging me in it. I literally had people coming up to me at the actual, like, you know, while I was walking around, like, I saw your video. That was so funny. Like, your face is so funny. Or that was great. Or I loved it. And I'm just kind of like, you know, it, I guess it's cool to go viral. But then at the same time, like, it's a little awkward because, like, I was being filmed and didn't know it. Oh, so for you're sure. So kind of like. You know, you're just kind of like, all right, well, can I be a normal human? Like, Big Brother's watching, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, cameras are everywhere, and people need yeah. to know that. You're going to be a meme come this fall, I guarantee it. Oh, they've already memed me. They did. Someone got the, the when my, like, my eyes are big <laughs> like this, and they've, they've done all kinds of stuff. Like, my favorite was actually um, Stephen Garcia, who took my job at the um, – the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and he goes, uh, when the bartender gives you t- your tab at the end of the night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's been one of my favorites so far. For sure. So I guess just a personal question for me, because I, I mean, it's not a personal question, but it's something that I want to know about because you know that I'm a college football nut. Uh, with you being primarily in the ACC, I mean, working out of that, especially the last couple of years and having a little bit of that Big 12 knowledge, and I know you have people in that circle as well. 
I mean, I, we're not going to break any news here by the time this comes out. But is there a lot of panic in those two in those two conferences as of what's going on? Like, do you feel yeah. that within your media group? You know, I think as far as the Big Twelve goes, they're feeling good because they just added a crap ton of schools, right? Um, and so it's it's or the Big Twelve. It's so funny because for the longest time, the Big Twelve was like the Big Ten, right? Because we only had ten teams, and now all of a sudden. They want to add like 80. So it's going to be like the big like 14 or 15 because it's a C. Cincinnati, UCF, BYU. Who am I forgetting? Houston? Yeah, Houston's coming in. So the big, it might actually just be the Big 12 now. I thought it was more than that. But anyway, um, I think they feel like they're in good position now. Right. I think they were a little panicked when uh, Oklahoma and Texas left last year, which I have my feelings about that. Um, Please share. But, well, the thing is, like, Oklahoma might be able to compete in the SEC. Yeah. Um, because, obviously, they've got a, a dynamic program. We'll see what Brent Venables does. I think he'll be fine um, because he was, obviously, one of the greatest defensive coordinators. Ever. Um, but uh, Texas, that's just straight financial. That the There's no reason why this Texas of this generation. Right is going to be able to do much in the SEC other than provide a name slash a brand. Um, but as far as competition, it's good luck. Horns down. No, no. So that's that's my feelings about, about that one. Um, but you know what? It might be cool because they can get back with A&M. Yeah, no, yeah, there's a lot, but I mean, Texas just seems to always mess everything up. I mean, that's why Nebraska and Colorado left – originally in the big because then they just did the Longhorn Network and it's a very I think there's probably going to be a lot of people that listen to this that have no idea anything about college athletics and it's so crazy money driven now and I think the Mm -hmm. best thing that Texas did is allow Alabama and Auburn and Florida to come in and recruit Texas kids more than they ever have been able to I mean that's all that's all they're adding to the SEC personally oh yeah absolutely that's pretty much it um, and then as far as the ACC goes, the thing that helps them is that their grant of rights goes through till 2036. So if anybody Will you do me a favor? Me, Sorry. Will you explain what that is to people? It's basically like saying like a con- it's a contract that says that, you know, we're we're with the ESPN. I believe it's who it is. And. This is how it's going to be. We're going to stick together. And if you want to try to break this contract and go with a different conference or a different like TV program, then you're going to have to pay like a crap ton of money um, until 2036 when the contract is up. Then they can renew or uh, go with someone else. So, um, yeah, I remember last year someone put out a rumor that like Clemson and FSU were going to be leaving for the, the SEC, um, which – Okay, I'm going to say this as a reporter pet peeve. I'm not against new media, but I am against people who think that just because they have a Twitter handle, a blue check, and access to a blog, they can just, like, write about sports. Sure. Um, And you have a lot of people just, like, putting out rumors that are unfounded and just for the sake of a scoop. You know, everybody wants to have their source, their sources in a scoop and, you know, be the one to break news and all that stuff. And that's fine. But the thing is, like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and right. you're actually putting out lies. So the rest of us have to go and actually confirm these things and use energy to do that 
when you could have just sat there and ate your food. Like, you didn't have to do that because now you're making our jobs a lot more difficult <clears throat> because we have to fact check these things. Right. No matter how ridiculous, like there was a rumor about, um, I think, North Carolina and Miami and I think Virginia that were going to be leaving for the SEC or the Big Ten, one of those two. We have to go check that. Right. Like, even though we know it's ridiculous and it's not true, we have to go and talk to, you know, ADs or whoever and go research this information. Um, so, like, if anybody's listening, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> please stop. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, um, I think because of the, that grant of rights and it being so long, um, the ACC will be in okay-ish. Um, condition just from the standpoint that like no schools can leave and even though Clemson did have a relatively down year at 10 and 3 right um there's still a household name there's still a whole brand like you talk to people and there are still people like we just rap media days there are a bunch of players who are like okay who's gonna win the ACC Clemson like it's not even a thought because right. one year can't erase what they've done over the last decade um, so their brand is there, even for whatever Florida State is doing now. Um, bless their hearts, they're still a brand. Right. You know, Miami is a brand. Yeah. North Carolina is a brand. Like maybe not as much in football, more so in like basketball, but these are brands that are recognizable. Um, so you're you're set as far as just kind of having that goes. But as far as like once that's up and what happens. I don't know. It yeah. might, I, I don't see. I mean, college athletics and football in particular is so ever changing. You know, you think about the NIL, you think about the the realignments and, you know, the transfer rules are now changing to where you can go somewhere and play immediately. So, yeah, there's always something happening. So honestly, I don't put anything past anyone. If USC and UCLA can be in the Big Ten, clearly anything is possible. For sure. I think that is the most like. Bizarro, like out of left field news that I've ever seen in my life. Like that's how you know it's all a cash grab because two West Coast, as West Coast as you can be, except for like what maybe Hawaii or Alaska is a little further. Literally, those are the only two, and yeah. the, one of them has a football program. So yeah. right, <laughs> exactly. Although I would be a fan of the the Caribou. I think that would be an awesome. Idea. That that would be. <laughs> But, like, you don't get much further west than that. So now you're talking about, you know, how, how tell me how this makes sense. And I really, I really want to see this. I want to see a USC program play <clears throat> Michigan in November. Oh, for sure. That's my thing. And, like, Big Ten is notorious for 11 a.m. Central time starts. Mm-hmm. That is a big thing. Like, I've seen a lot of big games at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Yep. So you know what time that is, West Coast? 9 a.m. And those kids right. have to be at the field at probably 6.30. I mean, the body clock is going to be so wild. As somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, obviously from that area when I just went home right. a couple weeks ago, it's a tough thing to adjust, and I'm not expected to be physically able to perform. And that's Within gonna, 24 hours. Correct. And that's going to be four to six times a year, depending on the schedule, that they'll be yeah. on central time. And that's... That's what's so wild to me is, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a cash grab. It's big for, I don't know who it's big for, like, athletically-wise. I think, I mean, they're, I don't know. It's just a wild thing to me. 
Um, yeah, I would love to know. I mean, obviously you made your thoughts clear, but I'm sure a lot of your peers and people that you know in the realm of college athletics share that same sentiment. I think Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, that, that makes sense geographically even. I mean, it's right there, right? Um, yeah. And then for that to happen, yeah, that was just the most wild news of all time. That Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm very, I'm very interested to see just how far these things can go, how much it can be money driven, um, because I mean that's what it all boils down to. But sure. don't let the kids get paid. Right. Yeah. No doubt. The conferences can make all this money. I mean, Kirby Smart just signed some Thank outrageous you. deal. Twelve and a half like, million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. But don't let a kid get paid fifty dollars for autographing a picture. He's yeah. gonna lose his mind. Yeah, oh, go crazy, pal. Now yeah. I was gonna ask because you really, I mean, uh, when you were in in Lubbock at Texas Tech, NIL was a big talk, and then it just kind of happened last year. You know, it was just like <laughs> this rapid switch where. Because for people that don't know, certain states were making it legal. And then the NCAA was trying to outlaw it. And then people within Congress, like, who have brains, they're like, these kids should be able to get, you know, something. So they turned it on everywhere. And it's been crazy. I mean, it's, I mean, especially in the ACC, like, uh, you say his name, DJ, quarterback at. Uh, <laughs> DJ Uyangalule. Yeah, thank you. I didn't want to mess that <laughs> one up. But he got like a million dollars to be on Dr. Pepper, and he'd started a game. You know, he filled in for Trevor Lawrence in the COVID season, and that's just wild. But who's to say that they don't deserve it? Because if you go to these places, and there's a lot of people that are just like pro sport fans, and they don't even really right. pay attention to the college level, but college is so much bigger than you'll ever understand, especially in, in regions and areas where you've been fortunate enough to work. Um, I mean, Clemson is crazy. There's nothing there. I mean, people don't care about the Carolina Panthers. I know you do. I know you do. Ugh. But people don't. <laughs> just one right to the chest. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I just I think it's just a wild thing. And how is that? how has that affected your world where, I mean – has there been a lot of difference now in the NIL era as to like, or was last year just so crazy that you really don't even know? Yeah, I think it was, it was one of those typical like human things where like when it hits, everyone's like panicking, like what the heck does this mean? And then like literally three weeks later, she's like, okay. All right. right. Yeah. The big thing now is like collectives where boosters are trying to pay kids. Um, and in my brain, I was not thinking something like that would happen, um, where it's essentially pay for play, right. like is what a lot of these boosters are doing. I won't say all of them because a lot of them tie it to charities, and it's like if you work with this charity, then you know we'll we'll give you a certain amount for like public appearances, social media posts, things like that. So I'm like, I mean, all right, you're you're, you're trying to make it you know toward a good cause, but you're still paying these kids like basically because they're coming to these schools, correct? Um, I think the the interesting I mean obviously I'm definitely I definitely think these kids the fact that that was even against the rules is crazy yeah. that you could not like say hey my name is so and so and you know here's a sponsorship and not get paid for that so you know I do think you should be able to profit off your name image and likeness and there shouldn't have ever been anyone who told you that you couldn't do that right um because like I mean not a couple weeks ago I just went to a camp that um, some two Louisville athletes are having, uh, Marshawn Ford and Josh Minkins, who are from Louisville and had it at their old high school. 
and we're just working with like young kids. Right. They didn't charge the kids anything. They got sponsors and donors themselves. They organized it um, by themselves. You know, one of their their moms was kind of doing the PA type thing. And, you know, a lot of their teammates came and helped out um, teaching kid position drills and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yes, this is what NIL is for. Correct. Or like, you know, if you want to charge, that's fine. Or, you know, if you, you know, like uh, one young lady at, at South Carolina, Destiny Henderson or uh, yeah, Destiny Henderson started a clothing line. For the first year that she had her clothing line, she could not sell it. So she literally was giving, like paying for these this product and having to give it away to people. But I will tell you something. She was smart because once NIL hit, she had already got like the word out there. People were already wearing her stuff. So now it's like, okay, just charge. Yep, and we're good. For sure. Um, these are the things that I feel like NIL was made for. Um but as far as like people corrupting it and, and making it something that is disgusting as far as like telling recruits like, you know, we'll buy you a car if you, you know, um, sign with the school and, and calling it NIL because you sign a piece of paper or like, um, you know, people. I don't know. It's just it's a crazy world that a lot I didn't I don't think of in my mind. Right. Um, because I don't think like that. But I think the intention behind NIL is good. I just feel like people have found a way to make it something that's not great. And to say that, like, to take it completely away as a solution, I think is ridiculous. But it does need to be regulated in a way that doesn't allow for these crazy loopholes. Um, And that goes with anything. Right. That's literally how laws are created. When technology is found or when people, like, create these weird things and it's like, okay, that's not cool. Let's make a law about it. Right. That's kind of how we evolve. So I just feel like. The solution is not to take NIL away, but just to evolve it and make sure that it goes in the right path. Right. And I think, I mean, <clears throat> for somebody that doesn't really understand a good, like, a time frame for you to wrap your brain around uh, the Fab Five at Michigan. You can watch the documentary. Those guys would go places and see their names and their pictures on shirts and the school was selling them and they kind of were like the first rebellions against it where they would yeah. change their outfit so it didn't look like them or they would wear the long shorts or the, the short shorts, whatever. But that was in the early 90s and mm-hmm. um, a lot has changed. And then <clears throat> I think most recently, like the probably biggest one would be like Johnny Manziel getting paid yeah. 30 grand to sign his own name on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and then having to sit out games. Like that's, I mean... There's a lot of people that listen to this that uh, probably went to college for a little bit, and you'll probably remember how much money you didn't have. And then I want you to imagine being a college athlete at the highest level and know that the school is making a billion dollars because you're playing the game. Like, right. there's no reason that a kid, that anybody can't make money off their name. Now, the pay-for-play thing, I'm with you. I just saw... I think it was South Carolina, a booster is paying all of the players, all the scholarship players, and then like the top 15 walk-ons, $25,000 a year to basic, I mean, to play there. It it says that they have to meet, I think it said like uh, community service, which is something you touched on, but that that right there, that's pay for play. So they're paying their top... 100 players essentially um on that yeah. deal so i think it was texas tech texas tech i think one of those two but yeah it was yeah. it's somebody out there that that's doing that and it's just like all right what like what are we doing you right know? 
Right. So another question I had now that you're in the ACC, not to get too far away, but uh, just nice to catch up with you as well. How much does everybody hate Notre Dame in the ACC? <laughs> it's this like, I hate you, but I need you. For but sure. I hate you because I need you. And Notre Dame is like, I'm <laughs> living his best life, getting that NBC check, like not worried about a single thing. Um, it's so funny. So next year, the ACC is going to dissolve uh, – divisions and instead they're going to have everybody has three primary opponents and then they rotate 10 teams so you play 10 teams in a four-year span and louisville's three primary opponents are virginia georgia tech and miami which geographically make absolutely no sense no um and like we we're just kind of talking about it so I'm like okay you know who is louisville's rival i'm like okay kentucky duh. right um but as far as like within the ACC and I'm like, there's nobody that really makes sense. I mean, you can kind of say Virginia because like Kentucky and Virginia just like barely touch as far as border goes. Sure. Um, which I had to look up because I didn't realize that because when I came here, I traveled through North Carolina to Tennessee and up. Yeah. I think up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. North. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I was kind of like, OK. Um, but to me, like the rivals that would make sense for Louisville would be. Notre Dame or like Cincinnati, but obviously Cincinnati is not in the picture. Correct. Um, but like a Notre Dame would make sense because it's not that far. I actually right. want to go to a Notre Dame game because I've heard that stadium is like, like it. Um, well, they're in like, for everything else, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just football. Football is the only independent team. Um, but other than that, like basketball, ACC, baseball, everything. Um, but it's just like, again, they don't really need to right. because they're able to make as much money. I mean, the school by itself, like when you look at just the school, like they're financially well off, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Then you add the athletic, you know, component to that with, um, like I said, NBC and getting that that uh, agreement and that check. And it's just like and, and they can make the college football playoffs like right. they've shown that they can do everything that every other school has done without a conference. Right. So like there, there really is no incentive. And I don't know how the ACC as much as it's doing whatever it's doing can compete with NBC as far as like saying, okay, let's, you know, wager a barter for the money. Right. Um, I did think it was interesting though. The commissioner, Jim Phillips um, said that if the ACC were going to be joining, joining a conference, he quote feels confident it will be the ACC. Um, and I believe two of his kids actually play sports at, at Notre Dame. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting little little tidbit. That is. Then he had a slip where he said something about, like, was it seven, 17 or 15 um, ACC schools? And it's like, oh, people are, like, now speculating because they think it's a Freudian slip. And it's yeah. like, okay, let's let's find, let's let's dig to our sources. Yeah. And, and see what these schools are that are potentially going to join. Um, but, no, yeah, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is like, I don't want to say the Regina George. Who can I say? <laughs> the Regina George. It might be the Regina George of, of college football where it's like you don't really like her, but you love her because like you want her to be on your team so you can like be popular and get money. For sure. But yeah. Well, and then they made like a, I mean, a fool's handshake deal the COVID year because they had to be in the AC. They had to be mm -hmm. in a conference if they were going to make the playoff. That was the rule. And so then yep. they like said, okay, we'll come in if we ever decide to join a conference. And now it's like they just said, I don't know how long that deal was, but they asked for $75 million 
from NBC, yeah. which is that I, uh, to put that in perspective that I believe I read a thing. That's what matches the WNBA's ESPN contract. Oh, we could be here for another hour. I know, about but I'm just saying like for people yeah. like to understand that a whole yeah. professional league on the biggest sports network is mm-hmm. getting the same amount of money as one sport team to be on one network. That's it. Cause you're not even talking about the school. <laughs> no, you're not talking <clears throat> about Notre Dame as a school. You're talking about Notre Dame fighting Irish football football. Yeah. That's it. And they're, and it's not even every game. That's what's so wild. Cause they'll still play games on ESPN. If they go to the playoff, it's not like, well, we have to be on NBC. No, it's on ESPN. That's the deal. Yeah. So it's just a you wild know. thing. And you know what? Okay. This is a safe space. I think part of, I don't dislike Notre Dame, but like, I really hated the movie Rudy. Oh yeah. It's a terrible movie. So like, I think part of me kind of like, I feel bad for Rudy, but I don't like Rudy. Right. So like part of it is like, okay, Notre Dame, you kind of like, you just, you just mess with this kid's head, yeah. you know? Um, now I heard the movie was quite fabricated, um, in some areas, but he definitely did get rejected a lot. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it was unnecessary to show every single time, but like, Anyway, I just had to say that because I, that's what I think of when I think of like Notre Dame and yeah. That's a terrible movie. Uh, I'll, I could go on a rabbit hole on that. I know that people love that and yeah, it's it's bad. It's a terrible movie. I, I like Notre Dame for like a minute because I went to Catholic school for like three years since I was like, oh, Notre Dame. And then my parents would also lie to me because right outside of uh, Mankato is a small town called South Bend. And we would go to Mankato when I was a child, and they would say that's where Notre Dame's at. And I was like, "Well, let's go, let's go." It's South Bend. And that was just a thing they did because I was a dumb child. But uh, that's awesome. No, so uh, real quick, just uh, give us what's coming up in your world. Uh, you're at, at Louisville. What's I mean, obviously, big focus on football, but uh, where can what are we watching out for in Alexis's world? Yeah, so fall camp is starting a couple weeks. <laughs> Um, that'll be fun. I have a couple features that I'm, I'm working on that I'm really excited about. Um, you can check out everything on CourierJournal.com. Just a little shameless plug there. Uh, what's um, your subscription fee to read online? Oh, I should know that, shouldn't I? Wow, um, wow, wow. <laughs> if I do know it's cheap, so it's not like you're going to be paying $500 okay. a month. Okay. But it is cheap. Uh, but, yeah, so football will be coming up. Women's basketball I'll be covering that, which I'm super excited about because obviously Louisville made the Final Four last year. They're an awesome team. Um, and then baseball will be right around the corner. Uh, they had a bunch of guys go in the draft, in the MLB draft recently. Um, so I like to think of my beat as kind of the triple crown with just those three um, really, really awesome programs. And yeah. I think football is going to be good this year. Their, their schedule is brutal. Um, but I mean, I think, I think they'll, they'll be good and they have a good 23 class, um, if everyone signs coming in next year. So I think there's a lot, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited about what kind of the, the future has in store for, for Louisville and, you know, therefore for me right. <laughs> covering them. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. Yeah, it, it is fun to to read your stories. You've been obviously on other podcasts, and I've I've checked those out as you've done those over the years and in little segments and stuff. And um, 
you're our first blue check mark guest, so shout out. Oh. Shout out. <laughs> Knew you before the check mark, so that's pretty that's even cooler. Right. Um but uh no, where can everybody follow you at? Oh yeah. So my Twitter is Alexis underscore Cubit. A L E X I S underscore C U B I T. Perfect. And that's where you post all of your um great stuff and obviously the the courier ju- journal. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so we can follow that too. Probably on all platforms, they probably got everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, no, I appreciate you so much for taking time out of your life, and we dealt with like a little time lapse thing there, and uh, <clears throat> we worked through it. And I appreciate you for working with me to get on here. It means so much, and definitely somebody that I wanted to have on for a while. I, I appreciate your story so much, and your drive, and, and your chase for for your goals. It's incredible to watch, and uh, not that I have anything to do of, but just to have a small sliver of that, and you know, just to keep following you. So. Uh, just appreciate you so much. It's always been fun and uh, uh, glad we were able to, I mean, essentially just catch up for an hour. So that was fun. But Yeah. Yeah, um, man. I mean, obviously for you too, like that goes both ways. I remember talking about you starting a podcast and, you know, you actually doing it. That's, that's awesome. You're doing good work. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a little, a little different than coaching ball, but it's, uh, it's something that allows me to, you know, talk to a bunch of people that I, I mean, obviously you, but I mean, there's just people that I never would have been able to speak with or sit in the same room with. And that's been fun for me. And, uh, yeah, we got some good things coming that I'll share with you, but, uh, yeah, it's just been fun. So I appreciate you so much for really taking, taking time. I know you got a lot of things going on in your life right now and I hope everything turns out for the best. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you to everyone listening at home, uh, wherever your home may be. Please uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, subscribe again, do all that fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Got some